to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. This is the last question. Who is this? This is Flaming Dragon! Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Hey, HairPositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. You can still find me on TikTok at Positive Sarcasm. YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. I got this salt lamp thingy that was sitting on my coffee table here, the Spare Parts coffee table. And then the salt got into the coffee, got into the paint, and now it's like rising up and causing all kinds of weird shit. So I had to take it off the coffee table. So, yeah, if you guys ever have, like, a salt lamp, just be careful. Uh, keep an eye on it because if it gets, like, humid in the place that you put it, uh, it can sweat. Salt lamps will sweat, and it will – if it's on wood or whatever, the salt will end up on the table and fuck whatever it's on. Um, I haven't posted any clippy clips, which you normally find on my YouTube channel and, of course, on my social media accounts. Uh, mostly because I, I just didn't want to post any. Normally, I like to post stuff, but sometimes I have to step away. I just watch this reason. Um, you know, I like to disconnect mentally every now and then. It, I, I, I tune in so hard during the day uh, before I go to sleep, when I wake up. I'm, just, I'm tuning in so hard trying to find all this information and put my words together. And I just switched my alpha brain, the intake of it, from nighttime uh, going before I go to sleep 
to when I wake up, to taking it when I wake up. And I'm just, I'm trying to reset the balance on that. And sometimes I just, I don't want to be sitting here making clips and making clips. I'd rather be out shooting content instead of uh, making these little clips for the YouTube channel, for the podcast. It's just, sometimes I just feel like it's, it's just too much data. Like, for example, um, you know, one of the things that I, I like about this life project of mine is that I sometimes, it gives me the liberty to disconnect. That's one of the great things about it is if I need to step away, there's more than enough content for me to step away. There's enough, uh, there's enough movie reviews for you guys to peruse through. There's posing music. There's questions where I can, I can a- answer them and step away. There's plenty of vlogs you guys can go and look at. There's plenty of drone footage. There's plenty of podcasts to review. There's, there's tons of stuff on there. I can step in, do a bunch of stuff, and then I can step away. It's nice because I I need that breather, even though I'm constantly working on this. So every even a few minutes or a couple hours where I can step away and just kind of maybe take the dog for a nice long walk or just sit by myself in silence and listen to that coffee house music. It's really important to me. It's something I really need an awful lot because believe me, after this podcast is done, I'm like I'm editing it, which takes uh, let's see if I finish it at like. If I finish like one one hour podcast, it takes me another twenty five minutes to get it edited and uploaded. And then once it's edited and uploaded, I have to edit the video portion, which produces overnight. And I upload it to two different locations: to Facebook and to YouTube. So that's another thing. But thankfully, you know, I can step away from that and let that process go overnight. But that takes that takes time in itself too to edit it. The processing time actually takes longer than the editing time when it comes to producing the video. I'm also working on other ways to have that edited and uploaded through different means, what have you. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It, de- it depends. Every time I have to research and develop a new way of processing things, processing things, it takes time. It takes extra time out of whatever else I'm doing. So, And that's, that's a lot. So, And I'm also trying not to hoard my time with just busy work whatever it is whether it's with the company or with something else i don't want to be just filling my time with busy work until my number is up per se um also i just it was a good perfect example of i watched um i have a a, a, i'm subscribed to dust d-u-s-t dust is on youtube they make short sci-fi uh short films in the sci-fi genre it's really really good so I've, i've talked about it before I haven't done movie reviews in this podcast lately because I really don't give a fuck to watch any movies. I mean, since, well, movies aren't as good as they want. I mean, they're just not that good. There's a lot of shit out there, and I'm just not interested in it because everything has, like, a subversive message in it about, I don't know, diversity and inclusivity or kowtowing to China because they didn't like something in a certain movie. So they had to. Res- so knowing that, that, knowing that in the back of my head, it turns me off very quickly to movies, which maybe is a bad thing because then I don't get as entertained anymore. But it does suck knowing that in the, mo- in the back of my head. So I'm very selective about the movies I watch because I don't want to waste my time. However, Dust, on the other hand, I enjoy them because they're small they're, they're small movies. They're generally between 5 and 20 minutes long, and they're really cool concepts. Like, for example, The Ocean Maker is a great concept. It's actually an animated movie. Uh, great one. Go ahead and check that out. Go on, d- type in, go to YouTube and type in Dust the Ocean Maker. It's a great concept. It's really cool. Um, 
And then another one which I saw today was, uh, what was it called? Hashtag? It was about this woman who everything she does, I mean, very Kardashian-like, everything she does from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed is all about her online presence and making money through the online presence. And then the fame gets to her. So everything she does is in this voyeuristic uh, social media, every move she makes, every product that she can, that she utilizes or consumes. It's all, including her own body, is just a way to get likes, subscribers, uh, money, and it just consumes her life. At the end, it kind of twists, obviously, to the point where reality hits hard, where it's it's she's just in a cell. She's created an, her own her celebrity status has created a prism, a prison. It's just so fucking. It it just really you watch it at the end. You're like, oh man, I gotta step away because we're kind of getting to that point where everything we do is online. And now with COVID, and there's you know, regardless of your politics or your ideology or your religious beliefs, everybody's home. Everybody's avoiding going out. I mean, believe me, people want to go out and do stuff. People want to just go out and be part of society in general, but it's just not happening. And some people won't. Okay. A lot of people won't. We need to stop pretending like it's some people. It's a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to go out. A lot of people can't go out. And a lot of people, yeah. It's, and we're, when I say a lot of people, I'm saying hundreds of millions. So this v- online lifestyle is beco- becoming a normal, which is not healthy for somebody like us. We need human interaction. We get depressed when we're in these, like, I, I mean, I go out, it's important for me to go out and go for walks and experience nature and just reconnect and, you know, chat with my friends a little bit like that. But for the most part, yeah, I can, f- I can feel it in the back of my head. Like certain parts of my brain that shouldn't be growing are gr- are growing beyond and taking over, and it's not good. And some and I I I feel for those people who can't get out of the house right now, or their apartment if they live in New York City and they can't go anywhere because nothing's open. Same thing in Los Angeles; they're afraid to go out because the crime has gone through the roof. Same thing with Chicago or Seattle or Portland. So I feel bad for them. My offer still stands from last po- last week's podcast. If you are. Uh, moving to New Hampshire and fleeing one of these cities, I will buy you dinner. And if I can't find that type of if the type of food that you're into, I'll try to make it for you. Also, uh, for supporting the podcast, if you Venmo me one dollar or you send me uh, if you Venmo me one dollar at Positive Sarcasm, I will send you one of my PS stickers, one of my holographic PS stickers. I will mail that to you. That will include footage. So send me a Venmo at Positive Sarcasm, and I'll send you one of these. I'll send you one of my stickers, three by three by stick, courtesy of Sticker Mule. So for supporting the podcast, get you a free sticker. I'll work on more merch in the future. But in the meantime, I wanted to get to – there's a lot of technology news. Actually, yeah, I want to get to some technology news. I'm going to skip this uh, the first article I got to. Uh by the way, I ran. Sorry, I ran really long on last week's uh, Sunday leftovers, but I had you know that's eh, that happens. Fuck it, I'm not gonna apologize. That's what I do. Anyways, I want to get to something. This is a ver- this is some housekeeping news for tech for for tech nuts and people starting their own company and trying to be more efficient. Listen closely to this article. I got this off a of Tech Radar, and this is something I've probably preached about in the past. But this is a perfect example of what happens when things go wrong and you entrust other companies to take care of your own shit for you, and it fails miserably. So check this out. Canon says this is from Tech Radar, courtesy of Mark Wilson. Thanks, Mark Wilson. Um, Canon says. 
its cloud service can't restore users' lost videos or full-size images. Videos and full-res full res images permanently lost after coding issue. Let's dive into this shit show. All right. Canon has explained what went wrong when its cloud service, image.canon, went down last week, and it's not good news for affected users. The image... Dot Canon site went offline for on July 30 and only returned on August 4th, following an investigation from the camera giant into what went wrong. On the plus side, Canon has confirmed that we found no unauthorized access to image.canon and that the incident caused no leakage of images, which means it's entirely separate incident to a major ransomware attack that also hit the company last week. But Unfortunately for the image.canon users affected by the earlier incident, Canon also said that there was no technical, quote, there was no technical measure to restore lost video images and that still images can be restored but not with original resolutions. In a statement of the image.canon homepage, it added, we offer our deepest apologies to affected users. So what in the name of Holy Pixels went wrong? It actually is a painfully simple coding error. Canon's cloud service has two functions. Okay, I'll dive into some of the details of this in a second, but let's continue on with the article. Canon's cloud service has two functions. Uh, the main one is short-term, temporary storage for where you can store images directly from your camera for up to 30 days before sending them to a long-term cloud storage service like Google Drive. The problem was that coding mistake got this confused with image.canon's second function, which is offering up to 10 gig of long-term storage with no expiration date. As Canon explains, when it switched over to a new version of the software to control these services on July 30, the code to control the short-term storage operated on both the short-term storage and the long-term storage functions, causing the, losses, the loss of some images stored for more than 30 days. Oh, my God. It might get cloud. Canon has conf hasn't confirmed exactly how many users were affected by this image.canon incident and lost their media as a result. But the fact that the service is so new is perhaps something of a blessing. The cloud service has only been up and running for a few months, having taken over from both the Canon Image Gateway, a bridge application that helped you upload media to the cloud, and is now discontinued... Uh, via cloud service start blah 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 still canon has now rolled out image.canon support to 27 of its cameras so it could soon become popular way cable free way to for canon users to get images off their camera despite the incident the incident does nevertheless underline the importance of following the 321 backup rule which means keeping at least three copies of your photos with two backup copies kept on a stored digital different storage media and be that an ssd or cloud service okay so let's back up here and we'll talk about this in a little more in depth because I think this is important and I think you're going to see more of this in the future and it could be more apocalyptic than you can th than you imagine. All right. So number one, what is okay? Canon is one of the first of all, they make really cheap printers that are actually pretty good. They make some of the most. Um, they're very big in the photography and in the video camera business. Okay, they make the uh, they make the Rebel series. They make the the D series. They have a lot a, a lot of ca uh, cameras. They've also just recently entered the mirrorless camera business. Uh, but they're big in DSLR. They're big with the camera enthusiasts for sure. However, now when it says that right here, a lot of companies are doing this now. So when you 
take your camera when you up, when you take a picture, if you're whether you're using regular JPEG or you're using raw media, uh, it stores it on an SD, it stores it on the SD card that you take the picture with or the video with. But then it'll you can have it set up so it automatically uploads to Canon's cloud site. So all your information goes up there, whether it's temporary storage or to permanent storage. Now raw photos, if you don't know, for a J to take a JPEG. A standard JPEG is pretty small. It's a couple megabytes. No big deal. However, a raw photo, a raw when most photographers, most professional photographers take raw because what they do with that raw data is they then ship it over to Photoshop or Corel Photo Editor or whatever they decide to edit with afterwards. Or if they're shooting high resolution video, well then they move that shit over there. Either way, a lot of data. So when Canon says that if it can't, there are no technical measures to restore lost video images, okay, that's not good. Still images can be restored, but not with original resolutions. So the original resolution, say it was a raw photo shot, you know, with a large canvas. Well, apparently it can't be, according, there's no technical measure to restore it with the original resolution. So a professional photographer, say he's just, he just did a wedding shoot. He or she just did a wedding shoot. And all the raw data, all the raw photos were saved on the Canon site. Well, in this case, if the data was, the, the raw photos were lost, that entire shoot is garbage. Because that's what they edit with. Professional photographers don't edit with JPEGs. They edit with raw images. Uh, as far as me, I'm not a photographer, so I don't really give a shit. I shoot, take pictures with a small mirrorless camera, which is which is in high detail JPEG, and I just do it as sort of a courtesy to anybody I'm I'm working with. Uh, be as it may, that is a huge blow to anybody shooting with can shooting with can Canon. Excuse me. And this is something, this is another issue to take to consider when, because a lot of people who are, maybe they can't afford to, listen, maybe you can't afford to have a storage, uh, an actual physical storage in your, in your, in your business. You definitely cannot afford to lose your data though. And it's surprisingly cheap to actually have, uh, a server in your, in your business. It's super, super cheap. You don't have to go and buy like a super expensive uh, SSD backup drive type of thingy, which costs three or four hundred bucks. Nah, you don't have to do that. Not at all. There are much cheaper ways to do it. For example, you can go and get like a super cheap Dell Optiplex backup, like because in like healthcare or government work or any large capacity office work. They all order in mass quantities these Dell Optiplex or HP whatever pavilion fucking computers. They're, you know, a dime a dozen. You can find them online for cheap, like 40, 50, 60 bucks. They usually run dual core processors. They'll do any simple tasks that you need to on the internet. They can be upgraded just enough to basically be to today's standards. If you wanted to watch 1080p video, you could do that. If you want to watch Netflix, you could do that. If you wanted to do some simple editing, you could do that. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot. And you can buy them for like 40 to 50 bucks. Boom, there's your server. Can you, now, generally they come with like a 250 gig hard drive. That will last you maybe nowadays, 
three or four vi uh, vlogs or one or, you know, four or five video uh, photo shoots. So what do you do at that point? Mm, okay, well, a cloud service is dangerous because a perfect example of something like this, if you're depending upon a cloud service to, hi to, to hold all your data, number one, you're paying monthly for that. For 10 gig is only going to get you so long. 10 gig is only going to get you so far. 10 gig is a couple years worth. I ha Do I have a cloud service for most of my original vlogs? Yeah, I do, but it was just sort of offered by Google. But the idea that 10 gig, 10 gig will last you a while, um, but I don't know how much they're. Co I don't know how much the cost is on that. I don't trust anything that leaves this house. I don't. So everything that I think is it's important for you as a business owner or amateur photographer or amateur videographer, you want to keep your information so you can use it for later on. You need to store it in house or within a facility that you control. And I don't mean like Google or Oracle or any other place. This I mean server storage is becoming a big thing nowadays. My advice to you is to just build your own service storage and offer that as a service to other people. But for your own company, offer your own, have your own storage, your own thing, completely offline. Never fully attach the internet in no wireless whatsoever. When you're done with your server, you turn it off, straight up. Now you can buy like a Dell Optiplex for like forty bucks, fifty bucks. Let's say sixty. Now let's just go with fifty. Fuck it. Let's cut it right in the middle. 50 bucks, you swap out the internal hard drive for a terabit hard drive. That costs you, or two terabit hard drive, or four terabit. You can probably get a four terabit hard drive for like 80 bucks. So now you get a four terabit hard drive, which is a quarter of the size. Now, don't get an SSD. Go with the standard disk drive. Actually, yeah, go with, all right, here's what you should do, in my, in my opinion. Most of these, uh, Optiplexes come with like two or three actually uh, draw. Uh, uh, like the motherboard, for example, you can install two very easily, two hard drives and maybe a CD-ROM too. CD-ROMs are still useful because if you have like the actual disk of the program you want to install on the computer, you can do that. If you want the computer to run fast, you, get, you can get like a 500 gig SSD drive to run all your programs. So you can run all your programs that you need to on the computer on an SSD drive. It'll cost you 40 bucks. Then you can get like a, a old school spinny disk version terabit drive, probably four terabits. And that will get all of your basic vlog and video stuff, photo stuff uh, for cheap. You can get that for 40 bucks. So there's, there's two hard drives right there. Uh, then on the top of that, what you can do is you can buy external or additional internal hard drives. External hard drives will cost more, but you can attach all those drives right to that computer. So you can literally build a really small server, a pot compact server for relatively cheap. Instead of paying like monthly fees, you can just put external hard drives because a lot of these, um, what do you call it? A lot of these optiplexes, they usually have like between four and six USB ports. This is just a simple way of just holding all your data on reliable, because these, these old disk drives, they generally don't fail. The Western digital ones did, but m m a lot of these ones, they didn't fail. I have hard drives that are fucking 15, 20 years old, and they, they just don't, they don't break. You can upgrade them every five years if you want as, the, as, the, as products get cheaper, but you can attach like four, I don't know, 
four five terabit, four two or four four terabit hard drives to the back of the computer. And now you've got like 20 something terabits, which is a ton of data, a ton of data just plugged right in. And you could store all your information right back there. And you don't have to, the, 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 the thing, the most important thing to note is that you won't lose your data. You will not lose your data. Those old hard drives don't break. Actually, some of the more reliable hard drives were cassette drives. So that's where the concept of the, of the old school spinny hard drives, the RPM drives as they are called, or HDD, the hard disk drives. So that's a, that's a safe way of storing your data because I'm not sure, like this is a small example of what can go wrong when one company, if you're a Canon user, go, what happens when everything goes wrong? If a company goes belly up, where does your data go? If a, if there's a small coding error, this is a small coding area era, and a small coding error can cause all kinds of issues, and you don't know who's coding this shit. That's the problem. So you think it's super reliable and super safe, and Canon's a big company. This can happen at any company, whether they're storing your 401k or whether they're storing your your data for your precious company that you've poured your entire life into. And you're going to put the hands of your most, you're going to put all your most important data into the hands of a company or somebody who just, you know, got fucking hired on a diversity resume. And the next thing you know, they're the ones typing out the data that could be possibly screwing over your next uh, $1,200, $2,000 paid gig. And the next thing you know, you're out of a job. I mean, it's just. Is too many variables out there for me to be like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to store all my data in house, and for the price, and you know what? For the price of a year membership or a two year membership, you can have all your data for the rest of your life stored in this data, stored in this shit. And believe me, I don't, I don't give a fuck what anybody tells you. Files are files is are files. All you have to do is just is name and date your files. And put them in a separate folder, and you'll never and you'll never get lost in that that uh you know Vatican Ark per se. That shit will never get lost. You'd be like, it was it's in this drive named this, and it was labeled that and dated here. Boom, done. Boom. That's it. That's all you should. That's what I recommend you do, especially if I need to be promoting spare part studio mentality. This is exactly what you should be doing with your data instead of just sending it off. You don't know where it's going. You don't know who's getting a hold of it. You don't know who's getting a hold of it. And you don't know what type of user agreement you're signing when you send that information off to that company. You don't know. Because you, you now have access to your data, which is in a server somewhere across the universe. And between you and that data, there's people trying to access it, people trying to hack it, people trying to hack you. So why do it? Why compromise your data like that? Store it in-house so only you have access to it. That's what I do. If you disagree with me, I understand that, you know, maybe the amount of data you need storage is, is just, it makes sense to store it somewhere else. Okay. I'm not buying it. I feel the, when in doubt, do it yourself. Store it yourself. I could easily go out and get another... I have three machines, only one that I'm actually using for data storage right now. Another one I'm just using for a ghosting machine. And the other one I'm using as a as an iTunes machine. That's it. 
just so I can flip Apple, uh, f- flip fucking iPads and iPods. But besides that, what's the point? I'm, there's, there's no point in for me to take that risk with other clients' information. Or information I want to store for future use, which I've done recently. So uh, this, like I said, what else is in there? Uh, short-term storage, long-term storage. Ooh, yeah, that can cost people a lot of money. Uh, 27 of his cameras. Da, 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 da. Yeah, as far as any company that goes down and loses your data, that's it. You're, it's all. I mean, it's it could be anything. It could be any company. So I just wanted to uh, run that by you. Also, speaking of compromising data, I did mention last week about TikTok, and if it goes away, I completely understand, and, well, that's the end of it. Well, there's another thing. This is from The Verge, and I'm just going to read it out. I mean... It's a Wall Street Journal investigation. Wall Street Journal, in my opinion, is pretty legit. I'm actually a fan of the Wall Street Journal as far as how they deliver their information. It's actual information. At least in my opinion, it is. And The Verge has covered it. And which is, I'm cool with that. TikTok collected device identifiers for over a year in violation of Android policies. Which ones, you say? Mac addresses. TikTok's Android app collected users' Mac addresses for over 18 months in violation of the platform rules. Discovered by the Wall Street Journal investigation on Tuesday, the addresses would be served as a unique identifier for each user's device, making them valuable for both advertising and potentially more invasive forms of tracking. So when you install an app on your phone, it then goes and checks the other apps and then goes and checks your, your, your device health, where you've been, your location settings. It accesses all that, your camera, all that shit. And now it has your Mac address as well. By 2015, both iOS's App Store and the Google Play Store had banned the collection of Mac addresses as a matter of policy. But TikTok was still able to, able to obtain the identifier through a loophole. A study cited by the journal found in nearly 350 apps on the Google Play Store had taken advantage of a similar loophole, generally for ad-targeting purposes. TikTok discontinued the practice in November of last year, a shift in policy the journal attributes to mounting political pressure from Washington. So, whenever you got your new phone. The revelation comes at a delicate time for TikTok, which is facing difficult questions from the White House over a Chinese parent company, which is ByteDance. Um... And right now, see, the journal findings cut against the best argument on TikTok's defense that the system doesn't collect any more data than a standard mobile app. That's not comforting at all. While most often used for ad tracking, collecting MAC addresses is among the more invasive forms of the practice. Reached for comment, TikTok emphasized that it discontinued the practice. Oh, we don't do any, we don't do it anymore. I don't kill hookers anymore. We can we constantly update our app to keep with the evolving security challenges. That's a fucking yeah representative, a legal rep. We always encourage our users to download the most current versions of TikTok. Of course you do. Um. So yeah, there's that. Uh. Okay. So at this point, if tech if TikTok goes, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Obviously the. It's one thing if, if, if the government is doing this because this whatever, but if the Wall Street Journal is investigating it, then I've got a big fucking problem with the fact that they were. It's I get it. Like I can look at my phone right now, and there is a bunch. There is a bunch of apps right here that I would definitely question if they were checking out my data or not. Skype is one that I would question. Twitch is another one that I would question. Outlook.com, Messenger, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And Pages Manager. I would definitely question all those apps to, ch- be, to be 
mm, looking through shit they weren't supposed to. Uh, YouTube, definitely. Pandora, possibly. The Waze app, most likely. And then, of course, there's Uber, Lyft, Cash App, PayPal, Robinhood. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, they could all be doing it. So I'm, I'm becoming more, more and more increasingly concerned about these these companies accessing my data. Granted, it may be a little bit, too, you know, too little, too late, but it's just the idea of not having a fucking GPS beacon running around in your pocket. I don't know how this. I don't. I know that. I'm first of all advertising. I, I get it. Advertising's fine if you're smart enough to uh, avoid the advertising and not blow all your cash. I get it. But as far as using it for sociological or political purposes, that I'm not a fan of. There's generally other more devious plays at work or other plans at play, and that's the thing that kind of worries me. It's like there are a million things that they could be possibly that you could think of that they could be using this shit to negatively affect your life. It's the shit I can't think of. Like, for example, we never thought in a million years that data would be the most valuable commodity on the market today. We never thought of that. Well, somebody did, obviously, and that's why they're making millions of dollars. You know, remember when you used to get a shitload of junk junk mail in the mail? Just tons and tons of junk mail? Now it's like a little more... It's a little more properly... You know, it's a little more aimed at you. It's a little more... It's a little better aimed. You used to get junk mail... You know, hey, you want to buy a pool? Motherfucker, I live in an apartment. I don't... I'm not... I'm not getting a pool. Now it's like... You know, hey, you were looking at t watches 10 seconds ago. Next thing you know, you get a voucher in the mail. It's like, shit. And yeah, I'm always looking at watches. I was looking at a watch the other day. I was looking at a Tissot. A beautiful, uh, you know, gold and silver uh, Tissot, which is still on sale, by the way. You go to jamashop.com. There's a freaking, there's a, a sale code on there. Go and check it out. It's beautiful. It's 42 millimeters. Really nice. Swiss made and everything. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I'm generally concerned. If TikTok gets banned, I'm fine with that. I'll move to another platform or I'll just minus that platform altogether. So I, uh, yeah. And I, I, like I said, you can lose all your data online or you can have your, your private data accessed. Like I said, anything that you do on a computer, keep it in house. Like for example, I don't want to be sitting on my phone all day looking at the Robinhood app and checking out stocks. I don't, I have a, I have an, that's one of the reasons I have a tablet and a, in a laptop in front of me, while I'm doing other things is so that I don't have to sit on my phone. I would rather use and also getting rid of, um, also getting rid of slowly getting rid of, um, Firefox, got rid of Firefox, Google Chrome, getting rid of Google. I use Google Chrome as a backup, but I'm thinking of switching to maybe to like opera or something else. If I'm not using brave, I've switched all my computers over to brave, uh, with the exception of, of the podcast computer. The, the Well, there's two podcast computer. Well, there's three, actually. One shoots the video, the other one records the audio, and the other one's for articles. Um, but the fact is is that I use Brave primarily now for just my pri just for using the internet. Uh, and Chrome I have, I'm going to get, I'm going to actually get rid of it and replace it with something else. If I need to download MP3s or I need to access stuff that for some reason Brave can't do it. So, because I don't want my data accessed. And Chrome is resource heavy. And Edge is a pain in the ass. Matter of fact, I'm just going to get rid of Edge altogether. So, the heavy hitters that I, I'm getting rid of, Edge, Chrome, 
and Firefox. Firefox just pissed me off because of some shit, a banner they put at the bottom of one of their, uh, of their internet browser. So it said, fuck you, and I got rid of them. But as far as Chrome, Chrome, I always, Chrome was always a workhorse. It was data, well, it was data heavy. It ate up a lot of res, uh, computer resources, so I'm just, I just got rid of it. And then as far as searching on my tablet, I use DuckDuckGo because they have an app browser for that. And I keep it pretty simple. I don't. I use this to check out to make stock moves. Even though I'm watching the stock on the, I'm watching the stock market via my computer. I use the moves. I make the moves on my tablet. It's just more fluid that way. And then it's flying my drone. I switched from flying my drone on my phone to the tablet. So I'm trying to do things a little more securely. I know I'm a little more spread out that way, but I prefer it, it instead of picking up my phone 24/7. Hell, I could even use, uh, I could even send text messages from my computer if I wanted to. So I'm just trying to pull away. I'm trying to disconnect a little bit at a time from the phone. Shit, if I could really go full, you know, full reverse, I'd go back to like a flip phone with like a really nice keyboard. I pulled out my, I found my Samsung Rogue the other day. I don't know what the charger is, but my Samsung Rogue was dope. It was a, it was like a flip, it was like a swipey phone. Um, it was way cooler than the LG NV2, which you had to open up. The Rogue, you could flip open. And it had a full keyboard and everything. It was fucking awesome. I still have it, and it still works. Uh, it's a great bug-out phone. Anyways, we uh, let's see, we're at 35 minutes. Let's go ahead and get to some Q&A. I had a bunch of other shit that I was going to get to, but you know what? I ran long on Sunday Leftover, so let's make it nice and tight for... Uh, this normal Wednesday podcast. So let's switch right over. You can also support this podcast. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Or you can just hit the contact page at positivesarcasm.com. There's a cash app link there. And there's a donate. There's a uh, Robinhood link there. And that will also support me also. And then, of course, if you want to send a dollar via Venmo at Positive Sarcasm, I will go ahead and send you uh, one of my hologram stickers. Works on cars. Works on laptops. Works on your girlfriend's ass. All that stuff. Let's go ahead and finish up with some Q&A, and we'll get out of here for the day. All right. Dig Q&A. Do I have a right to be upset that my husband set up a Taco Bell booth in his own office? Married for a year, husband has always had a soft spot for Taco Bell. I don't understand. I think it's pretty garbage. I think it's pretty garbage even for a fast food chain. Long story short, one day I come home and there's a bunch of 90s Taco Bell memorabilia in the garage. Apparently, one of the local restaurants was getting a remodel, and I guess he bribed the manager to let him grab a booth and some other things. Now we have a separate bank account, so all he did with his, now we have separate bank accounts, so he did this all with his own money. He set up in his office, which he didn't even think was a big deal because it's his space and I hardly go in there. He set it all up and asked me how I felt about it. I told him my honest feelings. I thought it was ugly and tacky and glorified a less than mediocre fast food chain. Not to mention it goes against the entire motif of the rest of our living space. I'm still absolutely stunned and shocked that anyone, much less my husband, would think it's a good idea to set up a Taco Bell booth in our house. Suffice to say he's upset. I feel like I have a point because it's our house and I live there too. But he claims it's his money and he can do what he wants with it. Am I crazy or do I have the right to be upset at our house turning into a fast food franchise? Okay. Look. I can't go against the husband at this point. It's his office. If it's an actual office with a closed door, he can do what he wants with it. 
If he's doing it with his money, that's the end of that. There's no discussion. I get that you're kind of annoyed at the fact that he likes Taco Bell, but who? Yeah, I like fucking superhero movies. And I like Swiss watches. So guess what? Fuck off. You, ha- you want your own office? You build. You- the rest of the house is for company and for ambiance. Taco Bell, in his office, his own rules. I am the same way. I have the spare part studio, which has goofy shit on the wall. I have a parking by permit only sign that I stole from the city of Manchester. I have fucking coffee labels. I've got a Ford Mustang sign. I've got the Doom Eternal poster right behind me. Uh, This place is is silly as shit, but it's clean and it's organized. And it's designed specifically for the ambience that I'm trying to work in. There's camera gear. There's uh, shelving for some of my other, for my drones. There is a Miller Lite uh, um, calendar over here that I put my, that I mark all my dates for all the stuff I need to attend, you know. There's all that stuff. There's the casting couch for people who want to stop by and drink coffee. There's the guest chair. And then there's shelving units for all my electronic equipment and for when I need to print out coupons and stuff. This place is designed to be a podcast studio and have its own vibe for a podcast studio. And I will only build it to that specification. If I want to make it, I don't know, a little more slick or whatnot, okay, fine. But it's in the end of the day, it's my decision. The door closes. This is a podcast studio. This is also an office. It's also a viewing area. It's also a meeting area. But it's built with a specific purpose. His place is an office, and he wants it to look like how he wants it to look for when he's working. It's his office. If he want, if he's working as a day trader, and he wants to put pie charts and graphs and you know a picture of the 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 twin towers and you know all of Wall Street and a picture of trading places with Eddie Murphy and then that's his prerogative. That's his, that's his place. Guys need something like that. Normally it's like the garage where they work on the car and shit. Now it's like a podcast studio or a work from home office. I, I'm totally for it. I, I agree with him. I like the idea. Don't get me wrong. I would never turn my office into a fucking Taco Bell stand, but I get, I get what he's doing and I would love to even clean it up even more with more stuff. Like that. I wouldn't want to overwhelm it and make it look like a hoarder uh, lived here, but I have a back room that stores all the extra electronic equipment. It's not stored in here. Like the stuff that I use to go out onto, onto the field on location is here, but the other stuff, the back room stuff, is already organized for extra spare parts. But no, it's his, it's his spot. It's his office. It's, it's 100% his decision. As long as it's his money. It's not the kid's college tuition or anything like that. That would be a problem. That you would have a discussion. I know you guys are married and all that stuff, but it's his money. It's his office. It's his decision. You can't go back on that. Um, okay, next one. Is it, unreasonable, is it unreasonable to expect my brother's girlfriend to replace the cake she stole from my birthday party? I had a small socially distant party for my birthday. It was supposed to be me, my brother, roommate, and boyfriend. But my brother brought his new girlfriend, Emily, and her small son without asking. We had to keep an eye on the kid so he wouldn't run off the patio. Emily was more interested in our beer than anything else. My roommate got me an expensive cake. She was handing out slices when Emily pushed her over and tried to take a huge slice for her son. I stopped Emily and told her to take a smaller slice since the cake was very rich. Then I put the rest of the cake back in the fridge. I told my brother he needed to get a handle on the situation, but he just told me to chill. When they left on my 
when they left, only my brother said goodbye to us. Then my boyfriend looked in the fridge and noticed that my cake was gone. I was pissed off and ran after my... Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me back up here. Then my boyfriend looked in the fridge and noticed that my cake was gone. I was pissed and ran after my brother. They were still in the parking lot trying to buckle up the kid. I went up to Emily and demanded that she back up... That she give me back my cake. First, she said she didn't know what I was talking about. Then I saw the cake box in the back seat and told my brother to give it back. Emily swore I had given it to her because cake is for kids. I called her a liar. My boyfriend and roommate followed me out, and my roommate went around the car and opened the door to grab the cake. Emily tried to stop her, and the cake ended up on the ground. The kids started crying. Emily started swearing, and everyone went home mad. Emily claims it was an accident, but I believe my roommate and said she and she says Emily knocked it out of her hands. I want nothing to do with Emily ever again. I'm angry at my brother for bringing this witch and trying to defend her. Everyone in our family is appalled by what happened. I told her I told him when Emily apologizes and replaces the cake from the same bakery, then I will forgive her. He got angry at me because it was a $50 cake from the city. He told me I was being petty and unreasonable and that it was just cake. It always starts out with being just cake. I don't care. My birthday was ruined. This was the first time Emily met anyone in our family and she got drunk and stole from me. This is a red flag if there ever was ever was one. I don't think I am out of line here. Emily's a bitch. Um, let's see. She, okay. Uh, someone's just like this. Is someone you want to spend the next year going back and forth with your brother? Listen, your brother brought somebody who wasn't necessarily invited, and brought the kid as well. And under the circumstances of COVID, you didn't you wanted to have a smaller party. She showed up uninvited, brought the kid. It was also technically uninvited. Uh, she was pushy, and then she took the cake without asking. Listen, it always starts out with something small. All right, it's no big deal. It's just a cake. Yeah, well, guess what? That's It's my fucking birthday. Not my birthday. I don't give a shit. I don't care about my birthday. But it was your birthday. That was your cake. She didn't have to take it. And she lied. She flat out lied. Okay, it's one thing if she took the cake or took a big piece home for the kiddo. It all stops the minute you find out she was lying. I don't know what she says in the thing. I don't know what you're talking about. And then the other person goes around and sees the fucking cake right there. She's a liar. Once you find out that there's a lie involved, it's all stops right there. It's all stops. And she never apologized. So on top of that, lied and no apologies. So a lie, no apology, and wouldn't even bother to replace it in any way, shape, or form. So Emily's a bitch, and your brother's, uh, what do you call it? He's a simp. I think the word is simp. I think, I don't know how that, I, well, the old school world was pussy whipped. Okay. Your brother's pussy whipped and Emily's got some of that tight cooch. And the fact is, is that he is just trying to back her up because maybe he can't find anything better or he's just, he's just a beta and Emily's got control over him. But she lied. She lied and took the cake. So yeah, fuck him. Fuck her. Fuck the kid. Fuck them all. Yeah, it was your birthday, and you can cry if you want to. In this case, I'm actually going to side with with the person with the birthday girl, and the fact that, yeah, in this case, because of the lying, because of the lying, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't take your cake, bitch. The cake is right there. It's totally on you, and you should absolutely replace it. So you should go back. 
If you wanted to make this right, you could solve the problem right now. You could. If you went to the bakery, bought the new, bought a new cake or bought some new pastries and paid that amount, brought it to her, and be the bigger girl. If you did that, you could actually solve all these problems. And yeah, you know what? Fuck it. If you don't want to talk to your brother, that's fine. Families break up all the time. So you know what? I'm totally okay with it. But yeah, she lied. Everything stops when the bitch lies. Let's keep the party going. Uh, okay. This one's interesting. Should I tell my daughter's friend's parents, I am your father's cousin's nephew's former roommate. Should I tell my daughter's friend's parents they're being rude by limiting who their daughter spends time with during the pandemic? I heard my daughter, I heard my teenage daughter, excuse me, this evening tell her friend she thinks another friend's parents just do not like her. They just, they don't like me. I, it broke my heart. Get over it. She thinks it's because parents, the parents are very strict. Both parents, I believe, work at highly stressful federal jobs. They would allow their daughter to hang out with only one other mutual friend, which originally hurt my daughter's feelings. I heard such things as the parents are letting only one other friend to go running with her, not me. And she was so sad. Now she feels that they just do not like her. During this pandemic, emotions are running high. I am particularly fed up with these parents. How should I approach this? It doesn't seem like parents are overly cautious and immature, just rude. My parents, my husband says, ignore. You were only hearing this from the side of a 15-year-old. I, on the other hand, would like to send a note to the parents explaining how hurtful they are. I have never been to one to keep my feelings inside. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? Just leave it alone. In this case, just leave it alone. You're t yeah, number one, you are getting your information from a 15-year-old girl. We all know 15-year-old girls are the most reliable sources of information in all the history of the world. Uh, number two, it's the pandemic. You've got bigger things to worry about. Number three, yeah, they do work highly stressful jobs. It's their decision with their who their kid hangs out with. And number four, she's going to get more friends eventually. Your kid should be focused on other things, and you should be focused on other things. So I think you should just let it all go all together really isn't any big deal. You should just tell your daughter, you know what? Get over it. You're 15. You got other shit. You should be focused on, you should be focused on boys at this point. You know, or girls. I don't know how you, how she swings, but either way, um, yeah, get over it. Get over it. You should get over it actually is, is you, you get over it. Once you learn to get over it, she'll learn to get over it. She's obviously learning to react like this because of you. So yeah, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a pattern trending. I'm seeing something. I'm see a pattern forming here that I've seen in previous dig Q and A's, uh, and yeah, kind of gotta, kind of we gotta we gotta pivot here, you know. So yeah, get over it, lady. If your husband says to chill, you chill. I'm sorry, was that too patriarchy? <laughs> How can I get my older male coworker to stop commenting on my weight gain and asking if I'm pregnant? I'm a 30-something newlywed woman and have been at my current job for just over a year and a half. Prior to accepting my job, my health took a devastating blow and I learned that I had very rare genetic disorder and had two baseball-sized tumors in my digestive tract. Those are, I believe they're called, um, what are they called? They're called polyps. And they can, polyps eventually, they grow in your intestinal tract or in your colon and then they, if you don't take care of them. Uh, and change your diet, they become cancerous, and then they turn to small cell cancer, and then you're done. So, done. Like, yes, very much done. I went under, went two massive surgeries to remove these tumors, both precancerous cells, pres yeah, 
both having pre-cancerous cells present, and ended up losing a foot of my colon and my entire stomach. As a result of the gastrectomy, I lost a significant amount of weight over the course of the first few months at, my, at the new job. Despite being me being very transparent and open about my genetic disorder and chronic illnesses and their effects of my body, one of my older male coworkers, Gary, Gary, began to obsess over my weight loss in terms of my upcoming wedding and encouraged me to try harder to lose even more weight. The wedding day came and went. And upon my return from my honeymoon, Gary immediately, Gary, immediately began demanding to know when my husband and I would start trying to for our family since I'm older and don't have time to waste. Thinking I could cut off his behavior, I was very transparent that we were unsure if we were... Let me see. I was very transparent that we were unsure if having a biological child is an option for us, and that I would appreciate it if he did not inquire about that after the, the conversation. Fast forward to the holidays and now quarantine, I've slowly been able to gain a bit of the weight back and get back into the zone that my doctors are pleased with. Okay. Gary has been coming in a few days here and there to help with some special one-off projects. When he bumps into me at least twice a month, he repeatedly comments on my weight gain and asks if I'm sure I'm not pregnant. He said he was only asking because he was certain that my husband and I had, quarantine, had a quarantine whoopsie. Jesus, Gary. I said I did not feel comfortable continuing the conversation. He also recently com commented on my lunches more than one time saying that if my portion sizes are slipping that I should, quote, watch it. I'm planning to talk to my manager about the situation, especially as my husband and I have elected for me to have a hysterectomy ooh, to alleviate other chronic symptoms I've been having. I'm frankly concerned that my manager will write off my complaint as he has as he has with previous feedback about my peers about this employee and chalk it up to cultural difference. Hmm. Because he's so many times my senior and he simply doesn't know what's appropriate for the modern workplace. Okay. Well, this is going to get slippery. Additionally, my manager has countered previous complaints against my coworker with the fact that he's a good Christian Southern man and that there's where he's coming from. We should be more forgiving and lenient. Okay. Let's see here. Let's advise the letters to stop giving you any information about it. If you persist, it's, just, it's really weird to keep talking about it. Uh, Gary, fuck off. <laughs> uh, look, if it, in this situation, you actually need to... This is the one thing that um, you need to focus on. I've said multiple times you need to stop talking to coworkers. Coworkers that are just doing nothing but prying into your life, you have to stop talking to them. Don't even, I mean, it hurts. You do. People don't want to hurt other people's feelings anymore. And that's the problem. You need to hurt people's feelings. That's the only way they get the fucking point. And the best way to do it is to ghost them. So when you, they say hi to you, you just walk right past them. If they try to DM you or email you or use the instant messenger at work, don't reply to them. Just ignore them. Flat out ignore them. Because there's only two ways you can go with this. You either report them or you tell them to fuck off. And fucking off will only make the situation worse. Or And then reporting them, if it doesn't work, that's HR. If HR gets involved, Gary loses his job. And it turns to, then you turn into the bitch in the workplace. It's just Remember, once the HR finds out, it's out of your hands. And then you're going to have guilt. So if Gary wants to get the point, you just have to stop saying stuff. Literally, you just don't say. Literally, you don't say anything. 
You just shut down. Just shut down. And that's what you should do. If you don't want to hear about it anymore and you don't like Gary and it's only going to get worse or it's only going to continue, shut down. Don't talk to it anymore. And you need to, anybody that inquires about it, stop talking to them as well. You don't care. What do you care? You care about your health and wellness. You've survived precancerous polyps in your body. You had to have pieces of your body removed. Very harrowing. And I, I understand that how difficult that can be. That's a difficult thing to get through. Gary doesn't get the point. So stop talking to Gary. Stop acknowledging that he even exists. You don't have to talk to him. He's not your boss. So just ignore him. Get rid of him all. And that's the best. You'll feel so much better. There's nothing like giving somebody the fucking cold shoulder and just ignoring them all together. It's, it's, it's liberating. It's so great. Literally, somebody's trying to reach out to you because they, they just want to get a reaction out of you. Just to satisfy their own little fucking weird urges. You just got to ignore them. Just flat out, you just, boom. You're walking by in the office or they message you online, you just hit fucking delete. Just do it immediately. It's it's so awesome. It feels so good. You feel so much better for doing it. And it puts you at a higher status. So my advice to you as far as Gary's concerned, just get rid of him. Just just ignore him. Don't go to HR. It's so much easier to uh, just stop talking. Literally just ghosting them all together. So please try it. I know you ladies have a hard time with that. Us dudes don't care. We throw babies off the cliff back when it was Spartan days. You think we give a shit about talking to coworkers? Fuck no. Unless we're trying to get in their pants, we don't give a fuck about coworkers. Final Q&A of the day. How can I get my friends to stop judging me for dating a married man? I've been seeing a married man lately and can just tell from the looks on my friends' faces that they don't approve. The way I see it, his marital problems have nothing to do with me. Oh, bitch, they have everything to do with you. His and, I relation, his and I have a relationship that is totally separate from that. In many ways, how can I get my friends to stop judging me? Well, number one, you shouldn't have told your friends that you were dating a married man. Number two, when you say that the, your mar the marital problems have nothing to do with you, they have everything to do with you. His marital problems are the reason he's dating you. He's trying to get his emotional and physical load off on you. And guess what? It's not the same. It's, it's completely... It has everything to do with you. If you want to bone a married dude, fine, do what you want. It's your business. It's your emotions. It's your body. I don't give a shit. But maybe she does. You ever think about that? There's another. There's another. There's another side of the story. Yeah, if he's having marital problems, that's one thing. If he's having mar marital problems, end the marriage. But there's another woman at the end of that, and you're taking time out of this married man's life that he could at least be refocusing on rebuilding his marriage. But by you just being selfish, okay, fine. If you want to be selfish, then you do you. But your friends are going to judge you because you're just wasting your time with a married man. And if you're, But if you're looking to, you need to tell them, look, I'm just looking to get my rocks off and have a good time with a married dude. Okay, fine. Then they'll judge you like that and be like, listen, this is what I want to do. I'm fine with it. However it ends, it's on me. They may like you. They, they may see that and be fine with it. But remember, they're going to judge you because you're dating a married dude. Okay? That guy is cheating on his wife with you. Try to think about that on a, in its entirety. He wants to penetrate you instead of having dinner with his wife. 
let it digest. Think about it from that angle. But if you truly don't care about her, then fine. Keep banging him. But how can you get your friends to stop judging you? Simple. Ditch the guy. But you don't plan on doing that. So expect that little window of judgment to at least be there for a little while. Or you can get rid of your friends. I mean, that's one option. I'll try to offer all options. One, stop banging the guy. Two, keep banging the guy. Explain to your friends why you're banging the guy. Three, bang the guy. Get rid of your friends. Or the other option, get rid of your friends. Get rid of the guy. Get rid of and bang the wife. I don't know. Bang somebody else. I don't know. Do whatever you want. But don't expect your friends to stop judging you on the fact that your, you know, his I do's are with you's. So take that into account. We are at 59 minutes, and how the fuck do I do this every week? Twice a week. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Tune in. Podcast at a cast box. Anywhere where podcasts are available, you can stream and download for free. You can also find it at positivesarcasm.com. You can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Like, subscribe, share, donate, please. Please. Uh, until then, yeah. Until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. You can also, uh, if you want questions or comments, concerns, contact me at positivesarcasm.com or you can email me directly at positive sarcasm at outlook.com i just tested the uh website to make sure that messages were getting sent through correctly again and yes they are working perfectly fine once again if you want one of my stickers go ahead send a dollar via venmo at positive sarcasm and i will send you i will ship it to you anywhere in the united states anyways thank you for listening watching subscribing i will talk to you all next week recorded here from the spare part studio this has been a positive sarcasm presentation
podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.